Do you like to see the menu? Welcome to Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout. This episode is titled Two Cups and No Tea. We're going to talk about the Conti Cup review. We're going to talk about the WSL in terms of looking back at some of the games. We're also going to talk about Manchester City's shocking news. More from that later. And also talk about a departure, a parting of ways of mutual agreement between Birmingham and their manager. Joining me as always is Rich. How are you, Rich? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. Good speech again, Rodney. It's great to have you back on. We're, we're back in the kitchen, but bringing some sense and sensibility to this, this fast food version of a, a podcast is Emma from the Manchester City Women's Fancast. Emma, Meredith, Sean, how are you, Emma? I'm good. What, what sense? <laughs> what are you, what are you expecting from me? Um, <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. And I'm glad you were able to join us and, and add a, a female tone to this, this, this discussion, considering we're moving swiftly towards International Women's Day. So they're getting that in there now. Thanks. It's all right. You, bring, <laughs> you can bring gravitas to this conversation. Uh, <laughs> we've got so much to talk about on the menu, but let's start with the news that's just happened within the last few hours the parting of ways between Birmingham women and their manager, Marta. Rich, you flagged this up to me on social media. I mean, what does this episode in terms of the, the departure between the manager and the club mean to you as a fan? Obviously, Bristol being recently su superior against them in the game. But what does it mean to you uh, as a fan for Bristol? And what do you think it will mean for Birmingham and the league overall? Um, well, to be fair, we, we would have been um, we would have been happy for her to stay because <laughs> there's obviously um, there's obviously there's obviously things been bubbling under the surface for for months and months. Um, and we saw the, the recent um, Twitter message from Keris Harrop. So, uh, was, it, was it last week or the, I think it was from the, after the game against us that um, there was something not right. She was disappointed about not happy about something that indicated that it was all about. Uh, Marta, um, and there, you've, there's been a bit of chat about players, you know, wanting to leave because of her, and there's 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 talk about it. there's been serious discontent there. So, I think to be a, to be fair, after that game last Sunday, um, I think I think it was basically enough was enough, and they basically called uh, what they say mutual um, they say mutual agreement, don't they? But um, I think something had to happen sooner than sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Emma, do you have any kind of thoughts on this uh, with regards to uh, a female manager losing her job within the Women's Super League? I think, it, in all honesty, I think it had to happen, didn't it, really? Um, obviously, more will probably come from it over the next uh, couple of... Well, probably when, obviously, we return back from the international break, more will sort of come out from, obviously, what's happened um, as to more information and as to why, obviously... It's happened, but I think obviously the results speak for themselves. I mean, I know obviously in the WSL league, I think they've lost five games yeah. on the bounce in the WSL. So, I mean, that's not good enough. When you're trying to pick yourselves off the bottom of the table, you really need to start digging deep now and getting some results. And hopefully um, they can obviously draw on a, a bit of positivity now moving forward. I think they'll just want this season to end and, and hopefully look to next season if they can stay up. Yeah, you, you know, I looked at the league table. They played 13 games. They've only won two. Uh, and they, they, it looks like they have five goals uh, for, the, for the whole of the season, which really isn't good when you're talking about uh, players that are trying to win a league. And, and they're an established team. You know, they're not just, a, they're not newcomers. They're an established team. They, they, they have lost quite a few players. Uh, you know, established and seasoned professionals. Ellen White, that we know, who's who left and, and went to Manchester City, and Hayley Ladd, obviously, who, who joined Manchester United Women. So, you know, th this was a team that had a good core of kind of established and, and experienced players that were probably trying to find their way with a new manager, and it just, it just didn't work. And I, I have to be honest, I'm surprised it's taken them this long to make a decision considering uh, one, 
the, the number of games they've lost and two, how many or how few teams there are in the WSL. Because if you don't win a third of your games, you're really in trouble. And they've, they haven't won. They've won two. It's shocking. Yeah, I mean, it was inevitable. I mean, I know a lot of fans have spoken out over their disappointments on, on Twitter and they've been quite vocal. And obviously, like you said, Keris came out at the end of the game. I mean, not to say that that was how that... I mean, that obviously could have been that Twitter message could have been implied in any any which way it couldn't have might not even had anything to do with football but if you read in between the lines it's not very good is it no it's it's not good I, I mean, I've got to ask um, you Rich in terms of the, the Bristol playing them recently I mean you were happy with the result from Bristol's point of view but were you surprised that Bristol actually got the win against Birmingham well, I think it was a it was such a pivotal game um, for both sides, really. Um, to be fair, I, we, I mean, a lot of us were saying. I mean, I remember speaking to you before the game. I mean, we were in that situation. If if we had lost that game, a lot of people were calling for um, Tanya's head. So you know, it was such a big game. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought we played. We we I thought both teams played well. I mean, they. Birmingham probably shaded it in the first half and then we we came into our own in the second half and probably could have got another two or three so yeah you can see with like you said about the goal scoring uh, is their their goal scoring issue they did they did miss a lot of chances and couldn't couldn't get going at all in the final third so they definitely they definitely have an issue up front yeah it's uh, yeah I mean um sad when the manager loses their job but also you know, you have to think about what's going to happen next in terms of the team. They will no doubt be expecting the new manager bounce. Their, their first team coach is it Charlie Baxter takes over as an interim. And, you know, do you see now with this uh, change, do you see their, their fortunes changing at all uh, for the rest of the season? Or do you think it's going to be more of the same? Because it's, it, it, you know, the, the practice of their style of play and their mode of thinking is, is embedded. Well, it's not going to change overnight. Um, that's for sure. Uh, it depends what they go, what route they go with. Um, from now, I mean, there's, I mean, I obviously uh, Rachel Yankee has been uh, has been touted, and I think um, another ex, I think there's another ex manager that did manage them before, and um, is now in non-league men's non-league has been spoken about. So, yeah, it's not going to change overnight. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. And what about you, Emma? Do you think that anything could change for them or do you kind of agree with Rich about their their long term future this season? I think it's a well-timed announcement because uh, it gives them obviously um, some time to prepare um, and obviously make some changes uh, moving forward. Um but I think they've just obviously, as painful as it may be, just ride this season out now and just see what happens and pick up the points where they can. I mean, I don't know what their fixture list is like. I believe they've got Tottenham, um, yeah. possibly. I don't know who, who their next game is. Well, they've got Tottenham next. Yeah, I think. Tottenham next. They've got Tottenham next away, uh, which is going to be a difficult game for them. And, you know, just... I Travelling away from home against a team that is, you know, above them in the league, top number six, mm. they've scored 20 goals. And even though he, some would have looked at Tottenham and thought they're a new team getting to know one another, they have a slightly stronger base and a, slight, a stronger understanding of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So even with this new interim manager coming in, it's, it's a uphill battle for, for Birmingham. And Absolutely, yeah. I only, I, from my point of view, I, I think they're 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 really fortunate that Liverpool are, in terms of the the number of goals, and the the, the number of wins, that they're worse than than them. So uh, it, it could be a lot worse for Birmingham. So mm-hmm. I think um, their runner fixtures might favour them, um, but I mean I know they're not obviously they've not got any head to heads with any big uh, teams. I think they've got West Ham. As well in there, so Everton probably is the, the and Manchester United. Oh yeah, and United. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I just think get the points where they can and and just see what happens. Obviously, it's as as tight on the bottom as it is at the top of the table. So 
um, hopefully now the fans can just get right behind the team and, and move forward because I think they're going to need them. Right. I, I have to be honest, we're going to move away from the, the whole Birmingham thing, but I've just looked at the fixtures and they have Manchester United twice and, and the Manchester United second fixture is is the last game of the, the season and yeah. um, they visit the LSV. I, I do hope that their um, survival has been secured by them because that's the last thing I need as a Manchester United fan. Birmingham rocking up, trying to fight for survival and uh, scuppering any chances of uh, Manchester United getting a fourth spot. So yeah, I'll leave that one there. Uh, um, let's talk about the Conti Cup the Conti Cup between the London Derby in the middle of the country. Uh, Rich, are you or were you surprised uh, at the result between Arsenal and Chelsea? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think um, we knew it was going to be tight, uh, but that um, it was it was so nice to see Berger have such a good game. I think she was absolutely terrific, to be fair. Um, but no, it was, it was an enjoyable game of football. Um, really? Yeah, it was. It, I, I found it very good, to, uh, an entertaining game to watch. Uh, from your point of view, Emma, did you enjoy the game or did you wish that a certain team in blue had, had arrived at the final? Um, to be honest, I, uh, obviously with the the City Chelsea match, I spoke to some Chelsea fans at the at the City game, and I actually did say to them I, I wanted Chelsea to win it. <laughs> so uh, I was just all for another team winning it, other than Arsenal or City. To be fair, um, so I, I was glad that they went on and got the result. Um, much to obviously, it, I was it was a bit funny because obviously Emma Hayes has spoken how about the competition in the past and how you know she's spoken quite frankly about her views on the competition um so that was that little bit well do you deserve to win it because you know but i i, I was pleased for them I, it was annoying for me really because uh, i watched a match but i was actually getting ready to go out um and i think i got to about 70 minutes and then i was like i've got to go um and i didn't want to go <laughs> so that just shows how good a game it was, really, because I wanted to stay in and watch the game. But um, it was a good result, and I, I watched the rest of the game when I got in, and um, it it just played out with that kind of edge edge of seat kind of uh, game, and um, it was great to see obviously Bethany get the get the winner because she deserved it. Yeah, she she definitely did. I mean, she's been. One of the players that has stood out to me this this season in terms of her movement and her energy, and uh, she's very clinical when she's in front of goal. When she gets a, the chance to score a goal, uh, in terms of tactics, though, uh, Rich, if you did, if you, if you looked at both of the teams, would you blame the manager uh, for the losing team uh, in terms of tactics, the way that, that they set up against the Chelsea team? And I ask that simple question because there's been a lot said following the result. Do you think there was anything wrong in terms of tactics? No, I don't think so. No, I, mean, I think they, um, I mean, they, they sort of sat back, I suppose, in the first half, but they really, yeah, they really went for it in the second half. Um, yeah, it was, you know, they probably should have, probably should have gotten, should have got one, but, um, but no, it was, a. Uh, but like Emma Hay said, in a post-match interval, they were the more resilient so um you you know they did they did fight for everything and like i said before it was a it was an absolute outstanding goalkeeping performance by berger yeah she she really did have a a standout game and um you know from your point of view emma anything to say about the tactics from either team because there's something that stood out for me but what was your take um Nothing really stood out for me, but I, I kind of feel that we perhaps didn't see the best of the standout players, uh, like everyone was looking to Kerr and Miedemar, and I think um, it was a matter of shutting them down so they didn't have as much impact on the game, and I think that that did happen, uh, in all honesty. So, you know, um, I think Beth England was, for me, uh, and AKB, like um, Rich said, was... The, one, the best players on in the game for me um everyone was 
pretty you know I think they were evenly matched both teams were evenly matched and I just think it was quite an open game and I, I think as a neutral spectator of a game I think those are the more, more enjoyable games when it is end-to-end yeah uh, do you know what I mean in terms of tactics I would say definitely Chelsea shaded it in the first half they had the bulk of the play Arsenal uh, realizing that they couldn't go through a second half where they were being passive up the ante they, they controlled the bulk of the second half they didn't take the chances that fell their way and I don't know whether or not they had the you know you have the lone striker moment where it has to be Miedemar and if Miedemar doesn't score then there's a kind of ripple effect of like disappointment uh, with Chelsea they're operating or they have been operating pretty much like Manchester City with two out and out strikers so if one doesn't get the goal the other one will and I, I believe that you know from Chelsea's point of view they were more resilient. They weren't the better team, as Emma Hayes has already mentioned, that the, the best team lost the game. Um, but, you know, Kerr's determination to kind of wrestle that ball away at the dead, on the, you know, by the, the, the goal line and play it across. And it could have gone anywhere. Uh, mm. But Beth England to be, you know, not flat-footed, to anticipate the mistake and to be there to slide in, you know, those are the moments that you really want to see in any game, but particularly in a cup game because it's in the dying seconds and it, it would have been like a dagger in the heart to, to Arsenal players and fans because they would have to acknowledge that you, you could not actually blame the team uh, for losing a game like that uh, because it, it was on, on the moment. It could have gone to extra time or penalties. Um, so, you know, from my point of view as a, a neutral fan, thoroughly entertaining game to watch. Um, and I watched it again, actually, when it was on BT Sport because I thought, you know, like, like any football fan, when you see a, a game of football on TV, you watch it, and I, I watched it again, and it was really good to see the the, the level of commitment from both players and the skill and the, the the will to win, especially from Chelsea. How that has a knock-on effect for, for them in terms of the rest of the season, will that kind of galvanise them even more? Or will it kind of galvanise Arsenal to kind of push on and say, we missed out on that one? What are we going to do for the, the, the next cup game in terms of the FA Cup? What are we going to do in terms of our, our fight to to win the league and how they can close the gap between themselves and Chelsea and Manchester City? It really was a good advert for women's football. The only thing that I would be slightly picky about would be the crowd size and the lack of uh, fans within the ground and what the the league or the FA could have done about that because if they knew that it was going to be held at this ground and they'd sold a number of tickets at a particular price, then I, I, from my point of view, then you have to kind of offer it out at a reduced rate for local schools and, and actually have more people in the ground so that they can see a live football game. But that's just me being picky and fussy about something that, you know, people can talk about that length for another time but that's just me unfortunately yeah. i mean it was an improvement on years before so in terms of it actually growing as a, as a spectacle the Conti cup final i think obviously there was was an improvement there but i agree with what you're saying about um offering more tickets but that's something i'd like to see in not just for cup finals that's just yeah. something i like to see in general to be honest yeah um, and before we move away from this, Rich, I'm going to come back to you. You mentioned about Emma Hayes mentioning about the the format of the competition. I mean, do you have any thoughts about next year? What would you like to see different in terms of the format of the Conti Cup competition itself? Well, I, I'm not a great fan of this um, of this group stage. Um, somebody mentioned something. If they are going to have a group stage, have it as a as a pre as a pre season sort of tournament because. Um, Especially from our point of view, when you have you lose a you lose a WSL game, and then your next game is one of these games, and then so you're you're waiting like two or three weeks to redeem yourself in the WSL. Whereas you know you, the, the trouble, I'm not not demeaning the lower the lower teams, but you know from our from Bristol's point of view, you, you know we're too good effectively for a championship side, so you know what's going to happen. But obviously, we're probably not good enough to, against some of these WSL teams. So it's um, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go along with that. I'd probably have it as a 
do it, play it in sort of August or something, August or early September, get up, get the group stages out of the way early and then have the knockout rounds maybe midweek or something like that. Mm, yeah, just, just, just a food for thought on that one. Emma, what do you think about the um, format of the competition? Um, I haven't got an opinion on it, if I'm honest, because I just... I just like watching my team play um, and whatever opportunity I get to go and watch them I'll go. So that, I, you know, it's a competition. It's it's an, a, one of importance to City and to City fans. Um, so I, have, I haven't got an opinion on it, to be honest, because I, I, I just like being in the, whatever tournament we can be in and play whatever games we can play. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand why you don't have a, an opinion because obviously Manchester City have been quite successful in this competition, so you know no change there. Guys, <laughs> you need to get, you need to get hold of silverware while you can. He says through gritted teeth. Um, but for me, I would probably change the, the, the group stage and, and have it slightly earlier and uh, try and include teams right across the championship and below and and, and make it more of a uh, an engaging competition. That was what you know. Open it up more so that there are the the, the group stage seems so in itself staged, for, yeah. for a better word. I mean, my my only gripe with the the Conti Cup, from my point of view, is the coverage. Uh, I think it's rubbish. From the, yeah, from the group stages right up until obviously is to really the semi um, and the final. There's no coverage. Uh, so, like Rich says, if you're travelling midweek and you know you can't make that game. You know, you've not got a hope in watching it or following it really, uh, unless you're sort of watching or following multiple accounts on probably Twitter, is your best option and really your only option. Um, I'd like to see that improve um, for the future. But, you know, in terms, of, I can understand why uh, teams, fans, and clubs get frustrated with obviously the group stage. Um, it would probably be better as a knockout, but I see it as like four or four games, extra games in the season that we can play and for consistency to, to fill the season out, I, I think it's it's good to have it that way. But that's just my opinion. Uh, anything to add to that, Rich? I think the only other way, if, if, if you're going to have it as a knockout, you've got to expand the WSL or have an extra, have an extra round of games. So you play each other three times instead of two times. I think that would be the. I mean, I that would be my preference to have it as a have it as a straight knockout and ex, either yeah extend the games in the league. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just say this. I won't need to add anything to what you both said. I will simply say for those of you who are controlling the FA player, this is a request. Please take note. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's move away from the Conti Cup because we've we've covered as much as we possibly can with that. Um, we're going to go and talk about a little bit of the, the Women's Super League and uh, the, the the previous round of games. But I want to start with you, Emma, in terms of the shock news, not about Birmingham and Martel, we've covered that, about your top striker possibly leaving or is leaving to join yeah, Wolfsburg at the end of the season. Are you OK, Emma? I'm all right. <laughs> I'm OK. Um, in all honesty, uh, it did come as a bit of a surprise, but we knew that her contract was, was coming to an end. Uh, and obviously, it's that time of year, isn't it, where speculation, rumours uh, arise. Um, unfortunately, Pauline wasn't actually one of the names that was going around, but um, I feel it's, you know, a good move for her. Um you know, obviously sad to leave her. She's contributed so much. We've had, you know, it's been frustrating for Pauline and, and you know, obviously stunned by injury. Uh, she was out for such a long time. The recovery was so long um, for her to obviously come back, but not to get much game time. But then to really hit the mark this season has been incredible. And to just watch her as a player and to see her as a quality player that she is. I mean, uh, for me, she's one of the most, technically gifted players I think I've seen in the WSL this season so um she'll you know our onward club I hope she thrives and I, I hope she does well but it is a disappointment when obviously 
a lot of our goals have come through Paulina, Paulina this season, but I'm not worried um, as to who could you know, take a place because we have still got options and obviously we might look to the to the summer transfers to get someone in as well. So, yeah, it, it's just obviously sad to see a player go, but, you know, it happens, doesn't it? And we've just obviously got to come to terms with that and, and move forward. Well, you know, you sound very reasonable and, and you know, and balanced in your, your views there. I'm going to, before I get to Rich, I'm going to ask this question. You talk about possible players coming in, and I know already there's a, a campaign hashtag Pernell Harder for a particular club wearing red. Um, would Manchester City try and scupper such a, a possible campaign by swapping the outgoing Bremer for uh, uh, Harder coming in? You never know. <laughs> I, I don't like the way you said that, Emma. Yeah, I'm sorry. You never know. I mean, you know, she's a a, a quality, well-established striker who's got goals in her. I mean, you know, someone like that, you know, you're not going to be disappointed if they get announced as coming into your side, are you? So, you know, it, it might upset a lot of United fans. Oh, just a few, just <laughs> a few Emma, just a few. 12 months now campaigning for that one, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. To be honest, I mean, I mean... For me, I, I spoke about on Twitter maybe seeing um, Becky, um, you know, signing a new contract, a contract extension, and um, seeing her return to a, a forward position because obviously that's her preferred 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 position, uh, and obviously she's you know been through positions for us this season, so that's where she plays best. I feel so that obviously might be an option moving forward and then obviously we've got Georgia Stanway, Lauren Hemp coming to fruition for us at the moment, Ellen White, you know, we're not short on options and I think, you know, even Caroline Ware to a certain point, she, you know, she's dropped a little bit deeper so maybe, you know, to see her in more in a, of an attacking role. Yeah, you know, um, there are plenty of good options for Manchester City. Um, I don't want to dwell on you too much, but this is not a, a Manchester City fan, fan cast just to... <laughs> before you get too settled. Uh, Rich, do you have anything to say about the Pauline Bremer departing or the, the, the city of Manchester's blue half? Or are you happy to see a, a really lethal striker leave the league like I am? No, not at all. No, um, she, it's, it's great to see these these really good players in the league, isn't it? I mean, you know, you that's what you want to, that's what you, you know, you, you want to see. I mean, it doesn't, she scored, I remember, um, yeah, she played in the game at our place. She scored a couple of goals. And um, yeah, it's good to see these players. But, um, yeah, she had a she, she'd had a really she'd had a really good season. So um, yeah, shame that she's left. Mm. But well, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure there were players. The way, I, with... the way I look at it is, it's a shame she's leaving. But I'm really glad she's leaving on a high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to be honest, and I know I said that you know I'm glad that she's leaving. I, I'll be honest. I watched her play. Uh, when Manchester City visited the Hive to play Spurs women. And um, her movement with Ellen White on the day was just phenomenal, both of them together, um, causing havoc for the Spurs back four. And uh, you could see then that she was a natural goal scorer. So um, she's had a very good season in terms of um, WSL league goals. Uh, I can see her getting more goals before the end of the season. Uh, hopefully not in the NIF future in terms of a particular fixture but um, I, I do I do believe that she's been uh, one of the better strikers in in the league this year and uh, yeah it's been good to see because like, like Richard said you, you really want to see top quality talent playing football in, in the Women's Super League and uh, those who have been fortunate to watch her this season can say that they've actually seen a really uh, I would say a world-class striker you know operating yeah yeah Definitely, yeah. Definitely yeah. world class. Yeah, definitely. Uh, shall we do the uh, review of the, the Women's Super League? Uh, we won't start with you, Emma, because I think you've had enough airtime and you might need <laughs> to take some. You might need to take some notes before we get on to the the last time Manchester City played Chelsea. Um, let's start with you, Rich. <laughs> and uh, obviously, uh, Bristol City beat Birmingham, who we've talked about uh, quite a bit. Uh, were you expecting to win that game? 
To be fair, I think well, it, I think it was such a difficult game to call. Um, you know, obviously in my, in my heart, obviously I wanted us. Obviously, in my heart, I thought we would win, and in my head, it was like not got a clue. And it was it, and that was how the game sort of played out. Really, as I said, um, first half they were they were probably the better sides, and then the second half it was. Um, yeah, I think, but I, I spoke to one of the players after the game, and she said that the the win was was against us in the first half. She said that was the main that was the main reason why we weren't really at the races in the first half. But the um, but yeah, we came out all guns blazing in the second half, got the goal. No, again, again, ex Manchester United, that uh, ex Manchester United star. She's uh, right. she scored another another absolute plus. So she's um, Ebony Salmon. That's two. We've won two games. Two, two games, one nil. Ma- beat Manchester United and beat beat and um, Birmingham, and she scored both the goals. So she is absolute priceless for us. Do you know? Uh, I have to be honest. I didn't have much hope for Bristol before that fixture. I actually thought it was going to be really, really difficult. Uh, not necessarily to lose, but it might have been a draw. But to get the win, brilliant. Um, and to see Ebony Salmon score again, crucial goal. Um, I'm sure those individuals who decided to let her go at Manchester United are probably thinking we shouldn't have let her go. She's a developing talent. She's only going to get better. Uh, she's definitely a natural goal scorer. Um, yes, I'm, 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 I'm glad she's playing football, but I'm, I'm sad that she's no longer wearing the, the, the red of Manchester. Um, I don't want to dwell on that too much because it talks about Manchester United letting go of good talent and that's never good. Um, Emma, have you recovered now? Can we can we ask you about Manchester City and Chelsea? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. The 3-3. Three, three. And, and, <laughs> and I'm sure Richard can chicken on this because we would have all watched the goals. How were you feeling watching that game? Um... <laughs> Um, I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. I want to be over it, but I'm not. Um, I feel like I should have been sat next to like the defibrillator or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was just um my heart was just pound like really pounding. Um it was an intense game. So such a brilliant game as a, a neutral for a spectacle. It was it was, you know, it was really up there as one of the best games I've watched this season. It it was really open end to end. Um, it had everything, and um, I'm I'm really happy that we we managed to obviously get the third goal through Hemp, uh, especially from going behind. Um, but it was a, a brilliant all rounded, well p- team performance really, um, and the quality of football on show was just fantastic from both teams. Yeah, you know, I have to be honest. It's uh, I was um, elsewhere and uh, watching another game and uh, looking at the the goals on the FA Player. I I was blown away at the the scoreline because that that in itself is a great advert for women's football. I don't know. I, I think one person had it down as a, a three all. I don't know who, but well played to that person because I would have never yeah. <laughs> expected it to go to a, a draw like that. Yeah. Um. I mean, Rich, did you get a chance to see? the goals in this game? I didn't know, but um, I, I heard a lot about it. And I'm obviously it was hyped up. The game was hyped up. And sometimes these games are a bit overhyped. Obviously that, um, looking at the score and reading about it, obviously wasn't. Um, yeah, it's good to see an ex-Bristol player, Lauren Hemp, uh, you know, having getting a goal. And she's having a, you know, she's having a terrific season. She, so that's she, really good to see. She is. She is. What I will say is that Seeing, seeing both teams operate with two strikers and that you have a, a, a draw, with, which is a high-scoring draw, is a very good advert for the game. What you, you know, and um, that's probably been, the, for me, one of the best games to, to watch in terms of goal action. Because even though there was high-scoring number of goals, there were moments of, of good drama, good defensive play, good build-up play from both teams. And, you know, it kind of lends to how the season will end because everyone will want to see how both of these teams uh, play out the rest of, of the campaign. Chelsea are, are pushing hard 
in terms of trying to win the league. Manchester City sit on top of the league. You know, a point difference. Fixtures coming thick and fast. Manchester derby again coming around the corner. Uh, and, and I've got a funny feeling the league might change hands at that point. Uh, and it may be that um, Chelsea have the momentum following the Conti Cup win, that they go into each game with this self-belief that it doesn't matter what the score is within 90 minutes or 95 minutes, they are going to score. And uh, if Manchester City have within their minds that they're going to lose their top scoring player or something else happens and they've lost their manager and, you know, they go to the, you know, the LSV again and it's a, a very tight Manchester derby, they might get a draw. In worst case scenario, and, and you know, worst case scenario for you, um, but you know, yeah. or they might lose. lose. <laughs> worst case scenario. Well, I'm just it's trying to be fun. kind. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be kind, and um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then Chelsea with the fixtures that they have, just march on to to win by a point, and the, their goal difference is 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 quite good considering. Did you dream that? It's very, Sorry. Uh, it's very detailed. Did you dream that? <laughs> Did I dream it? Well, the, 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 the script has been sent to me by email from certain members of the Barney Army to read out verbatim. No, I, um, I, I did dream it. You know, I've got a funny feeling it's going to go down to the wire and it's, a, it's, it's interesting, you know, from someone who doesn't support either team, how it's going to play out. And like I said, it's, it, the draw between uh, Manchester City and Chelsea was a really good advert for, for the league. And the rest of the games are going to be really, really, really good. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it. From a Manchester United point of view, the last fixtures um, saw Manchester get a, a very good win against an Everton team who played good football. Um, obviously, the wind had its, its own issues going on that day because I, some of the goals conceded by Manchester's Mary Earps, you couldn't quite tell if it was wind assisted or she just missed time the ball, etc. But in terms of securing fourth spot or trying to ensure that fourth spot is still theirs to hold on to, it was a vital win um, for them. Uh, for the rest of the, the teams, Spurs get a 1-0 win away, which they're happy with and, and no doubt will be against Brighton, who can play good football. You know, really impressed with them. And then West Ham throwing a curveball out there and uh, uh, giving a whooping to Liverpool and scoring four goals to two. Uh, did you see any of those goals for those games, Rich, at all, of those fixtures? Well, uh, the the game, the, the last game that you were talking about, um, that was the game I was most intrigued about because um, obviously West Ham have really been struggling of late. Yeah. And then you had to force Liverpool. Um, Liverpool had that really good performance against Arsenal yeah. in the game before. So it was like, I, I mean, I, I I got a bit of stick um, on social media from um, from Matt Beard actually because <laughs> I I sort of said that I said that um, I said that I could see Liverpool winning that game. And of course, when West Ham won, he sort of messaged me saying that uh, you know <laughs> that I had no faith. Uh, I had no faith in his team, sort of thing. But um, it, yeah, it, it was such a, it was such an interesting one. And yeah, I was, um, and so I was, yeah, quite, I was quite happy that uh, that I was sort of proved wrong, so to speak, from, uh, <laughs> from a Bristol City point of view. Yeah, I can imagine your tweet was probably um, blue tacked to the uh, changing room wall, in you know, large font of like forty-eight, so that everyone could see it. <laughs> it, it probably was so yeah I uh yeah hopefully it was uh, for you Emma apart from obviously you know dealing with the uh six goal thriller did you catch any of the other highlights in in that that round of uh, WSL fixtures yeah I actually um watched some of the United highlights to be honest and, I'll be kind um, I'm no, I'm going to be kind. <laughs> I think um, it was great to see Leah Golson back, to be fair. It was. Uh, I think you've clearly missed her. Um, she had such an impact uh, for United and those two goals that she scored. Um, I mean, I said it on uh, the Claret, um, the Girls in Claret Blue podcast. I mean, to, to score from that angle mm -hmm. once 
is really brilliant. To do it twice is absolutely spectacular, and she did a, a stellar job for you um, against Everton. So, yeah, uh, played really well. I think, like you said, I think the, the two goals for Everton, um, either Mary Earp should be doing better, or um, it's just a, a bit of unlucky unluckiness, really. Yeah. It's assisted the ball. Yeah, I, I'm going to be kind with the, the and, and say that uh, uh, Storm Dennis Jr. was uh, around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Storm Denny Jr. came uh, along at, at key moments within that game and uh, moved the ball towards the goal beyond her grasp. Uh, but uh, she won't be happy. She won't be happy with the, those goals. No, I, I don't think you can be. I mean, there's a, a bit of complacency there. You know, you're three 0 up. You know, it, it's you need to be able to see out the game and and be in control. And I, and I just think it made it a bit edgy with Everton finding their way back in. And I think they looked um, to lack that confidence to sort of see out the game. And I think they need to sort of improve on that and look at that, uh, especially for the for the rest of the season. Yeah, they do. They, they really want to, you know, obviously fight for that fourth place. Yeah, I mean they're in fourth place. Reading is uh, is not far behind, and Reading and you know, I, do, I do like Reading. They play good football, and obviously there's Farrah Williams, who I was extremely impressed with in terms of her free kick and corner deliveries when Manchester United visited their stadium recently. Very good player, very very good player. There are lots of good players in the women's Super League. Mm. Lots. Do you know what I've realised, Rich? The one thing that I haven't done so far, we haven't we haven't given a, a spice rating to a goal. And I've realised that I've changed it. I'm not going to do a spice rating. I'm just going to do sort of we're changing it to what's hot and what's not. And that's <laughs> it. You know, just uh, <laughs> we're changing it. What's hot and what's not. So before we get into what's hot and what's not, um, I'm going to ask both of you in terms of the next fixtures for... Bristol and Manchester City, just to say what you think will happen in terms of a result for your teams. Oh dear. Um, well, you do know that we're playing Arsenal next. And, dun, dun, dun. What, uh, and, what we, and I'm trying, I'm still, I think I'm still having counselling um, over what happened the last time we played them, to be fair. So... <laughs> To be fair, um, anything—I mean, anything's better than what happened at eleven-one, wasn't it? So it was. You know, if we—I can't see us—I can't see us playing that badly again, um, or at least I hope not. Um, we've had a few additions, obviously, and um, Jean and Faye Bryson and um, Chloe Legazzo, you know, are much better players than than the ones that we've had. So, yeah, I'd like to see if. Yeah, Arsenal. Are, you'd say Arsenal are going to win, but if we Take can just keep one. it, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I was saying an, an improvement. That wouldn't be that much of an improvement, really. But um, yeah, if we can just sort of, if we can play well, because I did. I only saw the first half of that game against Arsenal, and we were. It was. It was really, really poor. So if we can sort of keep it respectable and put a good game in, you never know, do you? Yeah, I like that, Emma's. You'll take a 10-1. Sorry, Nick. Sorry. Oh, well, you're forgiven, Emma. Well, not, even a nine, not even a 9-2, you know, giving yeah, you the extra two. goal. 9-2 is a 10-1. Yeah. Uh, Emma, what about you? Um, next fixture's coming up for you. What well, do you... Um... A tough for us, really, I think, because we we come back and we've got um, quarterfinal of the FA Cup, haven't we, away to Leicester. So, um, you know, attention will be on that. Hopefully we'll get a good result at the, is it the Quan Stadium? I um, think so. And then, then we've got a bounce of, uh, like I say, away fixtures. We've got Liverpool and then we've got United um, and then we're back at home to Reading. So... Um, hopefully we'll get a good result against Liverpool, um, but United is the standout one, isn't it, really? Um, it is indeed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, I, I am as well. I'm actually looking forward to it and uh, really hoping that both teams get a win. 
not as much as you think I'd like them to get a win, but I'm hoping they both get a win. I actually think Manchester City will, will obviously get the result that they need over Leicester. I believe they're going to get a result over Liverpool because Liverpool are in a really difficult position and that will probably seal their fate if, if Manchester City turn up and do a serious number on them, which will then take the pressure off Bristol, regardless of the 9-2 or 9-3, uh, <laughs> Rich, I'm being generous now. <laughs> but what? Um, um, but the one good thing um, after the next game against Arsenal, we have played. We'd have played all the the, the top three home and away, so there would be no. I mean, as much as I love meeting up with Emma, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there will be. We won't have to play Man City again. We won't have to play Arsenal again. And we won't have to play Chelsea again. So um, that is, you know, that's a one good thing. So yeah. it's just, um, and I think on our day we can. We can get a result against anyone else. I still yeah. think you need to take confidence away from that performance against City. I really do, because you played really well. You really did, and yeah. and Bristol have got really good quality. Um, I just think you've been a bit unlucky, if I'm honest. So I think it's head up, and you know, hopefully that'll see you through to the end of the season. Yeah. And you know, regardless of whether the result goes against you at Arsenal I think you know look how you can see the improvements and I think since the beginning of the year you we, you know we've all seen the improvements that they've started to make and I think if you can carry that on for the rest of the season and take that into next I, I do think you'll be on the up yeah definitely I mean I see, you could even see it on um last Sunday against Birmingham I mean the Lagazo looks a class act and the and the um, South Korean girl Jong were, were were playing well in midfield because that was the trouble. We we really missed um, Beesman's in midfield, and um, and that that's that's just, we just had no midfield for the for basically before Christmas. And so to see to see them sort of linking up well, yeah, it's good signs. Yeah, it it is good signs, and and such kind words from Emma as well. You know, in terms of the the that was nice. Emma, Thank you, Anna. Nice Very much appreciated. See, I told you she'd bring gravitas to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. Uh, from a Manchester United point of view, not that I'm trying to hammer this home, uh, Manchester United have um, West Ham, uh, which will be a very difficult game because uh, the last fixture was a, a difficult uh, loss to take uh, in the dying moments. Then they have Birmingham away, and I'm, I'm fearful of the new manager bounce even though there is an interim manager, because I'm sure they'll have enough time to work on a slightly different style of play. So that will pose some problems for the Manchester United girls because they'll have to probably adapt very quickly to what's happening. And then obviously following that is the Manchester derby against Manchester City. So, you know, I would say from a Manchester United, and this is where my bias kind of gets me into trouble, I would say Manchester United could win the games against West Ham, win the games against Birmingham. But we had this conversation before and then we go and play Brighton and we get a result. But it's 1-1 and we lose to West Ham and then we lose in the opening game of 2020 to Bristol at home. And there's this, I'm, I've got moved to that position now where I have to be more grounded and just simply say, that every team in the WSL right now is fighting for their lives, regardless of whatever position they are in the league. And I, I'm going to say that because of the um, the decision that's happened with Birmingham and Marta, where they're separated, I'm sure managers are probably looking around thinking, well, who's next? Because it's that silver bullet in the room. It's going to be bouncing around and think which club or which hierarchy is going to look at me and say, I'm not doing a very good job and make changes. And if you're down at the bottom of the league, uh, whether it's Bristol, whether it's Brighton, whether it's Liverpool, and they make changes, you're then starting to look around and think, oh, they're going to get a new manager and they're going to get a new impetus and what will that mean? And, and and it really will, for me, it will spur on those teams that are hovering in mid-table, close to the bottom two, three, and say, we need to up our game and, and no game can be give, as, given as a a banker for, for the top tier teams where they got, turn up and just get, you know, we're going to tickle someone's tummy for the fun of it and, and, and walk away with a win. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a really interesting end to the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I sum up, it's something I've noticed. I mean, that it's good to see Birmingham being proactive. 
because I, I've said it time and time again that the a lot of in women's football you in men's football you're given you've not given long enough but in women's football I think they sort of the managers are sort of given probably in some cases a bit too long to be fair I mean what we we um I think in the men's environment Tanya probably would have struggled because what we haven't won I mean we still haven't won since like January last year at home in the league so you know I'd be in in most other jobs you know she she's quite fortunate to be fair yeah well you know you might win against Arsenal you just never know I'm not saying she, I'm not saying she should go yeah but I'm just saying that a lot I'm just I'm just trying to use the example that a lot of clubs a lot of women's clubs are I don't know why but they they sense of sort of hang on to their managers for as, as long as possible yeah there it is. Uh, before we move on to the what's hot and what's not, um, any any more words from you, Emma, in terms of management? Or... Um, I think, like, with Tanya, I, I think she's had a lot to really manage, though, hasn't she? Like, in terms of injuries and stuff like that. So I, I don't think it's necessarily managerial issues. I just think she's had a lot to contend with because there's obviously been a lot going on at the club as well and in terms of her lo workload as well and, and what she's doing at the club so I, I I do feel that they they're obviously trying to support her and they do support her but I just feel she's in a bit of a situation at the moment she's trying to do the best she can and I think it's riding that period out with Bristol and seeing where they're at yeah, it's sort of like come the start of next season and hopefully things will start to look up. Yeah, because yeah, because we have signed um like Chloe Legazo signed for next year. There's they're trying to sign Pete. I, th I think there's a few other players that have actually already signed for next year. So so the so the base for next season is good. It's the key yeah. is staying up this season. That's the most if we can stay up this season, I think we can probably push on. Mm. But yeah, such an important what we got seven or eight games left. That's 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 the vital. Yeah, it, it is indeed. I, I I kind of agree with you, Richard, in terms of the difficult issues in terms of the management for for female managers. But I also understand Emma's point of view because it, you have to. She's dealing with more than just managing. There's the the injury issues which you can't really control, and then on top of that, if the results don't go your way, you know the 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 fallout from that. From outside of the club, from fans, but also inside the club, how how are they handling the defeats? What are they doing about it? And um, yeah, it's never easy. You know, I don't think it's ever easy in in the world of football, and I doubt it's easy in in the world of women's football in you terms of of the criticism that they're getting. Yeah, and but I look at Liverpool and I feel that they should be getting the results. You know, they've got the team, they've got the players, and they're putting the performances, but they can't get the they can't get the results. And I, and that's when I'd question, you know, someone's position as a manager. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. so, uh, no, no help for Vicky. No help for Vicky. Moving on, moving on. Um, I'm not going to say what's not, what's hot, and what's not. I'm just going to say what's hot. If you could say one person or one thing that's been a standout thing for you in the in the last round of games or in the Conti Cup final or anything that's been uh, really good that, that stood out for you in women's football, what would it be? Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Emma. Just one. Oh, OK. How many do you need? <laughs> Two, three? Um, well, I'm going to have to say Lauren Hemp because I think she's been fantastic, uh, especially this year um in the last couple of months i think she's really um come to fruition and I, I think she looks fantastic i'm so pleased that she's been called up to england um that was brilliant and obviously to see ellie in there as well um beth england has to be in there i think she's just excelled really in her game um she's been she played some brilliant football over the last couple of matches I've watched, obviously, against City and in that Conti Cup final. Uh, and I'm excited, really, to see what um, she believes will bring with, obviously, the addition of some youth in that squad as well. Um, it's an exciting time to see what 
a future lioness squad might look like <laughs> but then that's a totally different conversation isn't it? yeah tune in for the podcast from uh, the girls in claret and blue which i guess they don't oh well. uh rich what's hot for you well i've got to say what um from from a bristol city point of view it's jazz matthews i mean she was she put in another towering display against brighton she's had a terrific season um I know we've shipped a lot of goals, but um, she, what she left, she left Bristol two years ago. Went to Liverpool, had an absolute horror story at Liverpool. Got injured, couldn't get in. With had all the trouble with, um, you know, with all the upheaval they had last season. And she's come, she's come back, and and we do this, um, we do this player of the game um, at Bristol, and she's she's won half of them already. She, you know, she has been absolutely outstanding in defence, and um, yeah, her and of course, um, obviously Berger on in the Conti Cup final on 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 Saturday. Yeah, she she was pretty hot. She had a obviously we've we've spoke about it already. Yeah. She yeah, she was terrific as well. So yes, yeah, so especially those two. Yeah, yeah and of course, your um, can I just say your Ebony Salmon as well? Ah. Coming off the bench, that's the that's that's one thing. Yeah, the one thing I just with I'm a bit sort of questionable about is why is Ebony Salmon or what? Why was Ebony Salmon on the bench? I mean, she's it's, it's happened a few times this season where you know she. I don't know if they're wrapping her in cotton wool a bit too much, but um, to me, she should be starting every game. Yeah, she's she's a good player. Um... But she's still young, so I suppose uh, there could be possible burnout there. I'm trying to put management head on just in case, but uh, you never know. Uh, for me, what's hot has got to be, and it's not. I'm not going to shout out to a Manchester United player because I, I can do that any time. It's definitely um, Beth England for Chelsea. I believe her season so far has been fantastic. I've watched her play live. I thought her performance and I thought her goal uh, in the in the Conti Cup final said everything about her and how she's approached this season and her appetite for the game and what she wants to achieve as a professional football player. It, it is really good to see. And if we talk about role models for someone who is studying um, a law degree and then playing football at the highest possible level for her club and has been called up as an England international. She's that she's that role model. She's that story, and she's definitely in my what's hot bracket. And I have no room for anyone else. She's she's there on her own for this episode. It's been fun. We are only planning to talk for ten minutes, people, and we've really gone to an hour. So I just want you to <laughs> to know that. And <laughs> um, well, I would say I'm pretty surprised because you're. Um... The the play the Chelsea player that you're always raving about. I know. Erin. I know. Uh, I know. Erin. Oh, I know. Yeah. Er, Erin. Er, no. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I do. I do like Erin. I do like Erin a lot, and people will think that I'm a Chelsea fan, but I'm not. I'm clarifying that right now. <laughs> but right, but I saw Erin the first time playing in the World Cup, and I was blown. I just like you know what it is, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you watch any World Cup. Right. I don't know if that's if it's just me. And you look at players and they've got the numbers on. I always look to see who's the number 10 and who's the number seven. Because for me in the World Cup, those numbers are quite iconic. And the number nine, you know, and I, I looked at um uh who's wearing the number 10, and I was thinking to myself, what number is she wearing? And regardless of the number, her style of play stood out. And I just thought, I do like this player. I do like her. She's there's something about her that I like. And she's she's got skill. She's she can use both feet, and there's a little bit of grit, and she can put her foot in as well. And she's not the tallest player, you know. But, as well. Oh, listen, that. I just oh. terrific you, player. Yeah, you've got a lot. You thing is for me. You've got the, there is this thing that when you cross the line, it's all about the three points. And I had a very simple. When I played football, whatever low level it was, I had a very simple thought process that would go through my brain every single time. And if someone else had the ball, it would simply be, you You have my ball and I'm getting it back. And she has that about her. It, she does it, it doesn't matter who's got the ball. She's thinking, I'm getting it from you. That ball belongs to me. And when she gets it, then she does her magic. 
and um, she either keeps it simple or she tries to create an opportunity or she tries to shoot. And um, sometimes players will get the ball and they play safe all the time and don't do anything else. But she does mix her game up. And, you know, I like her. You called me out, Richard, there with that Erin uh, Cuthbert bit. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you, I've, had, I've, I've literally gone on some long monologue. Uh, Emma's probably taking notes. <laughs> right. I'm going to say... We have come to the end of Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout, Two Cups and No Tea. I'm going to say thank you to Emma for joining us today. It's been great having a third person uh, come on. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Emma. Thanks for the invite. All right. <laughs> you, you might come back. Yeah, I'll do it again. No, anytime, you know, um, I'm always here. Excellent. We might have to change the thumbnail, uh, Rich, just in case. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks uh, for you, Rich. You going to go off and relax now? Yeah, yeah, I am, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah, it's, it's been, been another fun. good one. It's been, it's been a very good one. I'm going to say thanks to all of those who's listened. Please leave a like. Uh, send your uh, questions and comments to me at Rodney underscore Cyrus at C Y R U S or at on and off the P I T one. But before I go, I need to actually get the Twitter handles for both of these two individuals. Rich, what is your handle, please? Uh, I always keep forgetting. I think it's Rich Pace. I think it's just something boring like Rich it, Pace. It, it is Rich Pace, yeah, actually. Yeah. Sure, that's what it is. Yeah, okay. And Emma, what's yours? Mine's at Emma underscore Shone. That's S H O N E. And what else do you host as well? Because they might find you somewhere else. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, thanks, Rodney. <laughs> um, I also host um, the MCW fancast, which follows Man City Women. Okay, there you go. Don't say I'm not trying to be... It's all about International Women's Day. I'm trying to get good brownie points in, you know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No worries. All right, guys, until next time, I'll say bye for now and see you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Let's hustle. we got a lot of hungry people out here. <laughs>